Hello and welcome into the Gotta Be Saints podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Gotta. Join me each week as I tackle life's most important question, how do I become a saint? Today's podcast is titled, The Beauty of Friendship. Before we begin, I want to share with you today's sponsors. Syndicate Strategies, a full-service marketing agency owned and operated by two Catholic business partners for over 25 years. Syndicate helps connect businesses to customers using the most current technology. They can help you create powerful, engaging websites and e-commerce stores that bring results. Find out what Syndicate can do for you at sinstrat.com slash saints. That's sinstrat.com slash saints. If you're like me and you like to wear your faith on your sleeve, I invite you to check out The Catholic Company, a one-stop shop for resources that will help you grow in your Catholic faith. They understand the importance of truth, goodness, and beauty. From rosaries to books to statues to clothing, The Catholic Company has it all. Use code GOTTABESAINTS for 15% off your order. That's code GOTTABESAINTS, all one word, for 15% off. The Catholic Company, because faith matters. And before we get going, the last thing I want to ask of all of you listeners is to give this podcast a rating. Give it a short review on the iTunes podcast app. It helps the growth of this podcast, and it puts us in a spot where more people are likely to see it. So if you like what you're hearing today or have in the past, please give us five stars. Thank you. Well, like I said, today's topic is the beauty of friendship, and I have with me my good friend, Shane Nayray. Shane, thanks so much for being on. Yeah, Brendan, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a gift to be here with a, the guy I consider such a good friend. Shane and I uh, connected years and years ago, back in 2015. I was uh, graduating college, and before I started my big boy job, decided to do six weeks at a, a summer camp, Life Teen Summer Camp, and Shane and I got to know each other. And it was funny because I think two years earlier, his twin brother was on staff with my brother as well. So um, both Mike and I got to be with a Nayray brother, and uh, Shane and I have been good friends ever since. So uh, that's kind of what led us today to uh, now talk about this great topic of the beauty of friendship. But uh, Shane and I have done a good job of seeing one another over the years in really a lot of random places, too. I mean, he's been in Louisiana with Focus for years, but uh, he visited me in D.C. before, and I visited him in uh, Texas, and we've seen each other at weddings and whatnot in other places. So, Shane, as always, it's good to see you. It's good to uh, maintain this friendship. I'm glad that you and I have, have maintained that friendship over the years. It's a it's a real gift. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a gift to be here. I, uh, I uh, friendship is something I, I actually love talking about. It's a it's the heart of what I do actually as a missionary and. Uh, it wasn't lost on me that when you asked me uh, to record, I thought that it was uh, very fitting that we get to have a conversation because a lot of what I think makes friendship great is at the heart of our friendship, which is great. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, let's just dive into it. Um, so, like I said, 
to anyone listening. We're talking about friendship today, the beauty of friendship. And uh, Shane, if you want, you can just start by sharing a little bit about yourself and your story and, and you know, why we're even talking about this topic. And then we can go from there. Yeah. So uh, as, as Brendan had mentioned, I am a focused missionary. I've been a missionary for uh, finishing up my fourth year, literally as we speak. And uh, starting my fifth year, two years at LSU as uh, just a regular missionary, and then uh, two years as a team director of the missionaries here, large and in charge. And I'm going to my third year as a team director as well. And I'm staying at LSU. So anyone familiar with Focus listening to this podcast, you probably recognize it's pretty rare to be in one place for that long amount of time. And it is been one of the greatest gifts I've received because I'm actually from the state of Louisiana. I grew up going to LSU football games and I grew up a big LSU fan. I went to community college in Texas. We moved after Katrina. And then I went after community college, I went to the university of Texas for two and a half years. It was my senior year that actually I met Brendan at life teen summer camp. And I, after, after my time there spent a wee bit of time, with a small religious order in Denver called the Servants of Christ Jesus, uh, where I was known as uh, Brother Single or (laughs) Brother Shane. Um, I answered the phone as Brother Shane once and the superior looked at me and he said, we can make that happen. And I said, Father, please no. And then I left a few weeks later. So (laughs) here we are four years into being a missionary, um, still single. That's not what this podcast is about. It's not about <laughs> dating relationships. It's about but you asked about my life, so I had to give I'd give the people what they want. Tell them it, wouldn't at, be, you know? it wouldn't be a Shane Mary podcast if your singleness wasn't at least brought up once. <laughs> wow, man, you really make that sound like it's a big part of my identity. <laughs> Could have put some money on that one. I was just joking around with Brendan. Um, if any listeners who are you know uh, caught up with Brendan Goddess life, he uh, recently had a girlfriend. Got a, ha, had a girlfriend. Have I have have you have a girlfriend that you just recently started a relationship with, which uh, was shocking to many. And I just recently accomplished a a fairly big feat in my life. And I joked around with Brendan that I have far more friends than him on Facebook, which clearly makes me an expert on friendship. Hence why I'm talking about it. But I have far more friends than he does, and I had a significant amount less likes on my post about what I did versus Brendan's relationship status change. And people went freaking nuts for Brendan, probably because they recognized, way to, way to freaking go, dude. You're going to literally like, you're, you're in single A ball and this girl is hitting homers in the majors. So um, here we are. I mean, it, it's, it's a testament to just how much personality really matters. <laughs> No, and just how great of a guy Brendan is. So I, uh, anyways, that's a, uh, I digress. Anyways, back, back to your story and why we're talking about this topic. <laughs> yeah, back, so back to We can, we I, can, uh, we can have the beauty of roasting episode later on. <laughs> that can be our second part. <laughs> we'll have to have Patrick Tolls on here as well. So someone to keep me humble. But, uh, yeah, so I, 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 Brent and I have kind of been in conversation for a few months now, and he's been begging me to come on this podcast. I'm just I've actually a... been asking him to to be able to hopefully speak on this podcast because 
I, I love, uh, there's a lot of things I love about the faith and I want to share. And, and one of the things in the heart of like, one of the things that I deeply love is, is friendship. And I, as a missionary, surprisingly enough, people ask me what I do as a missionary. Well, I, I really just, I, I grow in relationships with people. I mean, that's probably what a lot of people do in their jobs, but I get to do it in a manner that is very unique uh, to, to most because what, uh, what my, my role is as a mission on campus is to, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to invite specifically men into a relationship with him. And a lot of my outreach at, on LSU's campus is with men in fraternities, but I also do outreach with, with everyone. So I, it's kind of weird because talking about friendship seems like a weird thing to do because it, it would almost seem like it would be intuitive to the person, but Actually, I think it's something that we need to talk about more because really, especially over the, uh, yeah, really over the past 60 years, I think we've lost uh, an understanding of the art of friendship and it's really so much so that I myself, and I think many of us need to be even coached into understanding what friendship actually looks like. And so that's why I was really excited to, to bridge Brendan with this, uh, with this topic. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it's a, it's a very important one. And, um, you know, I, just to get a little more context on your own life, I mean, you're, as I shared with others or shared with the listeners already, you know, you're a twin. And so you grew up having, you know, basically a best friend, which is great. And it's a gift. Um, there are a lot of people who are not close to their siblings. I know you and Conrad are very close, um, which is, like I said, a gift. Um, but when we talk about the beauty of friendship, I mean, I'm assuming for you that was first instilled that that way, you know, organically through brotherhood um, and just being raised with someone who had the same parents and looked like you and you know, he might say he's a little less attractive, but it's okay, Conrad. You can be the chubby Shane. Um, oh, man. You his words, not out. mine. His words. Um, but, you know, uh, all that being said, you know, as you look at today's society, you know, when we look at friendship, it's something you clearly value. But do you believe that people today properly value friendship or has our society kind of unintentionally or intentionally lessened the value of friendship? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I, you, you bring up my brother and actually uh, I, I want to talk about my brother, but really I want to start with my parents. I think that uh, a lot of, a lot of why we maybe don't have an understanding of what our, of what, of what true friendship looks like has to do with how we, how we live in our families and how we're raised. And that's not usually something that's intentional. I mean, certainly there are circumstances where people just aren't amazing, you know, amazing parents and they're not good to their children. Right. But I think a lot of how we learn how to be friends with people comes from how we interact with a, our parents and B our siblings. So uh, because truthfully, like friendship is, it's just another label for another, for, for a different type of relationship in our life. Right. And so, and we were, you know, in this world, right? The heart of the gospel is that like we were made, we were made to be in a relationship. And so when you, when you say 
do people do you believe people properly value friendship in today's society? Well, I, I don't think people actually know what friendship is. I think uh, how how media tends to well, there's nothing that media can never fully media even society like it can never fully encapsulate what friendship actually is because unless it's the explicit gospel then it's it's good it's going to leave parts out mm-hmm. right so jesus fully fully god fully man he in the scriptures like he reveals himself in his glory but also he teaches us like the fullness of what it actually means to be man and specifically what it means to live in relationship not just with you know god the father in heaven but like with with other people uh, and so i i don't think yeah when it when it comes to the to, to the value people place on friendship i think people place a very high value on friendship however i don't think people understand what friendship truly is which is why there's a there's a severe loneliness i think that exists within our success within our society and within the hearts of many i mean myself included, even as someone who has a, has an understanding of what friendship is. And, and certainly I, I, I feel probably less lonely than, than, than most I've been blessed uh, abundantly, but I think people, every, everyone has a high value on friendship. There isn't going to be one person that tells you like, Oh yeah, I don't value high, you know, having friends or, or meaningful relationships in my life with friends. However, like what a friendship actually is, there's, there's a lot of muddled water. Yep. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. I mean, and uh, I think it's, you know, C.S. Lewis kind of talks about, um, you know, virtue friendship, you know, and um, there's, he labels it as, you know, different types of friendship. And the one that always struck me was, um, you know, this reality that there's friendships of utility, which I think our society is adopted in a, in a, you know, in a sense that, uh, in that being, what can I get out of this friendship? You know, it's like when you're, uh, you're in middle school and you want to be friends with the kid whose parent packs the best lunches, you know? (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) well, it it sounds funny, but it, isn't it true that, you know, we wanted to be friends with that kid. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just very interesting how, you know, how that works. And I think our society today uh, focuses in on that, on the fact that we should be looking for friendships that we can get the most out of. And sometimes, and in many ways, that's um, based on, uh, you know, objects and what we receive in that way. Uh, in your mind, you know, as I say what I just said, um, what is, what is at the heart of what, what is getting in the way of those authentic friendships? Yeah, that's so I, uh, I love how you bring up C.S. Lewis and, and really he's taking a page out of Aristotle's book, right? Uh, book eight of Nicomachean ethics. I looked this up to make sure I sounded super smart. Uh, he talks about the three types of friendship, right? The friendship of utility, the friendship of pleasure and the friendship uh, of virtue. And so uh, and, and I lay that out because I think it's really important because uh, if you kind of lay them out and define them and really as they simply are a friendship of pleasure being a, a relationship and friendship based solely upon like pleasure. So maybe people you party with or people you like enjoy similar 
you know, hobbies or things with that you just like enjoy hanging out with because like y'all do things together that you, you are pleasurable um, or friendship of utility. Like, what am I getting out of this? And then also the friendship of virtue, right? Uh, which is like usually, usually a friendship of virtue is a friendship that is uh, structured upon furthering a relationship with, with God and also furthering the betterment of the other. So yeah. I think a lot of, Yeah. So I think what's getting in the way of these authentic friendships is, is the fact that I, I actually was at a happy hour right before this. And, and one of the, uh, one of the girls who's a student here at LSU was with us. And I, I kind of posed this question to the table to feel, feel, you know, feel the audience. And she goes, she didn't give this long drawn out response. I was actually really impressed. She goes, I think people just go into friendships with the expectation of getting something out of the other. And she just kind of like nodded her head. <laughs> and, and and didn't say anything else and it's kind of like we were all kind of waiting for some something else for her to say but there wasn't really anything else that she needed to say because I, I i think what's getting in the way of authentic friendships is 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 an unfair expectation that we have for other people to fulfill us to fulfill the longings of our heart and, and deep down so even deeper into the, into the, like why we long for friendship is, uh, you know, I, I think that the heart of every, uh, you know, the heart of every person is to love and to be loved, right? Yep. Like we we're created for a relationship. And, and I, I, I quote this all the time because, you know, being doing Greek outreach on a, on a, on a big SEC campus, I see it all the time. Uh, you know, GK Chesterton, I think said uh, the man knocking on the door of the brothel is seeking God. And, and what I tell people here on campus is uh, the man getting hammered at Fred's trying to hook up with some girl at the bar is seeking God. <laughs> uh, because deep down, we just long to be loved and known. And because we were created by an eternal being and we were created to be with him, ultimately, there's only there's only an infinite, only uh, an eternal solution that will deeply satisfy that longing um, on the heart. And so what, what gets in the way of, of authentic friendship is a, is a lack of understanding of what we were actually created for, which was relationship with, with God himself. Uh, because when you invite God into a relationship, right, it, the relationship no longer becomes, what can I get out of this person? But it becomes, what can I give this person? What can I, what can I do to love this person, right? Love is to will the good of the other as the catechism plainly lays out. And I think what gets in the way, yeah, again, answering the question again, like what gets in the way of authentic friendships is actually like a misunderstanding of like what love is because love is at the heart of authentic friendships. Like true love is at the heart of authentic friendships and, and true love is to, to will the good of the other. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, I mean, you see it and uh, you and I are examples of it, too, to varying degrees. Um, we all we all, you know, can admit that because of our brokenness, because of original sin, you know, we are not as capable of loving uh, properly. You know, sin has gotten in the way. And so there's this void um, that only he can fill. And yet it of course is affecting each and every aspect of our, 
of our lives. And so, you know, when we're talking about how, how do I better, you know, maintain or receive or give uh, in friendship? How do I have this authentic friendship with the people I come in contact with? We have to understand that our own human brokenness and weakness is going to affect that. Um, and it, it also speaks to the fact that we don't necessarily know what authentic friendship looks like. I mean, we've, because there's only one perfect example. Um, and I guess you, you could also say our lady does it too, but you know, Jesus himself, and then, you know, our lady, because she's uh, free of sin, you know, she shows us how to perfectly love as well. But when you think about that, there's only two people you can truly find it most perfectly in. Um, and then you think about the billions of other people who have come before and are <laughs> currently with us. And those are the people that we look to as well. Um, I think society is constantly showing us friendship that is not at its most perfect um, heights. And we want to emulate that. And it's, it's sad because there's better examples, but um, you know, to, to get to our, our next question, I think personally that that loneliness does play a huge part in the lack of authentic, real friendships. Um, and I think it's something that many men and women are experiencing. Um, you, I think are a perfect person to talk about this type of thing. Um, because you get to see campus life every single day. I mean, at what point in a man or a woman's life are you more forced to address who you are and also address uh, who you aren't uh, than in college? I mean, your first time for many people to be away from their family um, and you're forced to identify who you truly are um, a lot of people stop going to church when they get to college, you know, or, or they start going to church, you know, there's things like that where, um, the person you were, the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, both are, both are true. And, um, all this being said, I think for some people, they get to college and what was thought to be a time of, um, great great growth and friendship sometimes can be the opposite where you feel very isolated and lonely. Um, I, I just would love to hear what you have to say on that and why are so many people experiencing that loneliness, especially in places like a university where um, you should be surrounded. You're surrounded by people your age in a new environment and they're all looking for the same thing. They're looking for that friendship. And yet for so many, it's, near impossible to find. I mean, uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So th there's kind of two answers to this one answer. I'm not going to go into, which is, which is, I think the, the big, the big elephant in the room, the big, the big wall that is oftentimes far more than just a hurdle to overcome, which is, which is media, specifically social media and, and the kind of the role that that plays in how we perceive reality. The short answer that I have there, because I really don't want to get into that, because uh, then I'll, we'll be here for another hour and a half, is that social media kind of paints a facade of what we think reality actually is, which it, which it's not. Like, right? It's it's a false reality, and so because we have a tendency to believe that this false reality is true, or that we need to live into it, we change our disposition to who we are. Like, we change how we approach conversations with people. 
we change how we approach um, literally like every, every action sometimes. And I'm, I'm victim of it myself, but like, I actually, I actually don't think, I think social media is both a cause and a result of uh, a lack of understanding of what relationships look like. And so let me, I'm, at this point, I just, kind of, I'm starting to realize like, I, I, I have a wealth of experiences and stories to share. So I really, uh, I'm just going to start sharing stories at this point. And there was a, uh, there was a student here at LSU in my first year as a missionary. I, I really, I actually randomly met him at a coffee shop. Uh, but he was a guy who was well known on campus. He was kind of the hot, one of one of the hot shots in his fraternity. He ended up becoming president through crazy circumstances of his fraternity as a freshman. So like, really like kind of like they had the whole the whole shebang really early on. And he was a junior when I met him. And I I asked him I was like, hey man, let's go get a beer. So we go get a beer. And we're sitting there and just talking and learning a lot about his life. And, and his girlfriend is actually the reason why I had ended up meeting him because he had heard about what I did and I, she was involved with focus on another campus. And eventually I, I had invited him to join my Bible study. Say, Hey, look, man, like I'd love to keep hanging out, but also like, I'm going to have a, a Greek Bible study on, on Tuesday nights. So I'm going to see if you want to come. And he goes, ah, I knew you were going to ask me that. And I was like, well, yeah, if you know anything about what I do, it's like, kind of like a big part of what I do is, is lead Bible studies and walk with men through the scriptures. And he was like, yeah. And he started giving me all these reasons why Molly loved, um, why the girl loved like being involved. And, and then finally I was like, all right, those all sound like great excuses and all, but like, why, but like, will you come, you know, like why are you hesitant? And he said, you know, Shane, I'll, 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 I literally never forget this because he kind of spoke at to 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 what it, a lot of people are experiencing when it comes to this loneliness factor. He goes, you know, Shane, I just have a really hard time being vulnerable with other men, and I just remember being taken aback because I I was just floored. I, I was like, oh my gosh, like yes, I I know what you're feeling, and and I feel that too, and. I think that that like, that's actually the, the heart of a lot of, of, of people. Like that's what, like people are lonely because they don't know what it actually means to be vulnerable, to be available, to, to, to share in um, true sorrow and true joy. And, and I thought it was shocking coming from a guy who was the president of his fraternity to say, I don't know how to be vulnerable with other men. I'm like, what do you mean, dude? Like you have, you have 150 guys right now who believe in you. And like, they, they chose you to be the guy. And you're the one telling me like, you don't know how to be vulnerable with other men. And it, 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 the, the, the conversation that proceeded was, was I just shared my, my, my story with him, my testimony with him. And, and he, he began to do the same. And I think so many people are experiencing extreme loneliness because we, we don't know what, what true vulnerability looks like. Um, we live, we have a tendency to want to live into uh, the facade of, of social media or this false reality because deep down, like not only is that easier, uh, but it's almost more magnetic. 
it kind of sucks you in. And when you're there, it seems impossible to get out of. And so, yeah, I think, I think social media, a lack of understanding what vulnerability is, which I think tends to come from our parents, right. And how they were raised from like, you know, our parents, our generation were raised by boomers and there, there seems like there was just kind of like a, there wasn't a great relationship there. And so that kind of poured forth into, into our generation. And we, here, here we are a hungry generation for relationship and we don't know how to do it. And so like the first response that we have is to, is to go to social media and to literally anything that's easier than like sharing with the person next to me who maybe God has put in my life to have a relationship with like what's actually going on, which is sometimes most times all the time, the harder option. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think there are so many people who are just unable to express themselves in a real way. And, um, you know, even outside of just vulnerability, I mean, just able to even hold a conversation, you know, to the point of social media, it's like, I'm always just shocked because I mean, granted, when I was growing up, up until high school, you know, nobody had social media. So and not to, I'm not old, you're not old, you know, 26, 27 <laughs> years old. Well, I'm like, a walker. But it's still, it's still a gift that we didn't grow up like with cell phones in our hands. And today's generation is just in a totally different world. Um, and it still affects, you know, our generation. I know plenty of people who aren't good at communicating because they're on social media or their life looks totally different than the reality of it because they post all these photos of the great exploits that they had. And then you talk to them and you find out their life is no more exciting than yours and mine. Um, anyways, I, I guess to, to finish off this, this first part of our conversation, I guess what I want to ask you is how can this loneliness be filled? You know, what is the, what's the remedy to this in your opinion? I, I really, I really wish there was an easy solution to this question. Uh, I, I've mulled over this question. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a simple response, uh, but it's, it, it demands, um, it demands almost the hardest of, of action really to, to, to back it. And I, I really think because like the loneliness is, is a void in our heart and a longing for relationship. Uh, I think that first, right, that loneliness is the remedy to loneliness is a relationship with, with the divine, which is what we were created for. Because while there might be experiences of being alone in, in a, in a physical sense, when the divine actually, when we allow the divine to be a reality, we're never alone, like ever. And there's a freedom that comes with that. That comes with that. Uh, I, I'm thinking about my, I, I did a few eight day silent retreats and, and where I, I literally, I just talked to a spiritual director for 30 minutes a day. And the rest of the day I was alone for eight days. And I, the first time I went to, it, I was like, this is crazy. I literally am going to die. <laughs> 
But as I sat there and like really, and look, the first few days were freaking tough because there was just a lot of noise, right? Like a lot of things that I was thinking about. But as I like allowed those things to subside, as I calmed down, my heart calmed. I got accustomed to the silence and I started to, um, to, to conversate with God and, 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 and whatnot. I, there was something in those moments where I felt more consoled, known and loved than I ever had in a room full of people um, who were cheering my name or patting me on the back. And that's saying something because I'm, I'm an extrovert and, and words of affirmation. I mean, like I've had some really freaking cool opportunities. One of the coolest opportunities I ever had was, was giving the commencement address and my, my graduation in college. And I, I don't say that to flex on y'all. I mean, might be like, don't worry. Nobody flex. thinks okay. of it as a flex. It's okay. <laughs> um, but you know, I figured like that would be like one of the, the shining moments of my life. And actually when I look back, like it was a great moment and it was a great accolade, but, but it, I was far more alone in that moment because of, of the lack of true relationship that I was living into with people around me and God himself than, than when I was on my eight-day silent retreat, not talking to anyone. And I, I'm about as extroverted as it gets. And so the remedy to the loneliness that, that we, we experience, it, there's only one solution for it, which is, which is a relationship with God. And that's yep. probably the hardest, that's, that's the hardest thing we'll ever pursue. Uh, but the beauty of a relationship with God is that there's far more that he does and far less that we do to actually live into that, which is, which is a gift. And also uh, it's like when people, I, I love this, man. I ask people who are married, like, Oh, like, how do you know they were the one? Like, they're just like, Oh, well, we just knew. And it's like, well, that's, that's a non-answer. That's a, that's a crap, but it's real. Like it truly is real. That's a different conversation, but like, it's just like, Oh, well, like relationship with God is like the solution to everything. And it's like, yes. And it's like, well, what is a relationship to God? And you're like, Oh my gosh, I have no idea. And so loneliness, uh, putting the phone down also is, is, a, is a great quick response on how to counteract loneliness. And I, I think beyond a relationship with God, putting the phone down, it just takes takes being bold, which is, which is another conversation entirely of like living into how do, how do we be um, courageous? How do we live in the virtue of fortitude in order to encounter the people around us? And that also, like, there's no easy response. There's simple yeah. responses, but, and, and, and there's nothing that I haven't, you probably haven't heard before, but here we are. I see it literally every day with guys on college campuses. And I'm like, they, I hear the same thing more or less from every single guy. And I'm just more and more convicted that like there isn't some fancy solution or formula to answer. Like how do we solve the problem of loneliness? The, the only solution is to look to the gospels and to encounter the divine to recognize that true loneliness doesn't exist when we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yep. Well, and, and just to, to finish that point, I mean, I can speak to, I, I think of, Two year, oh, two and a half years ago, I moved myself from my comfort zone in D.C. where I was living with three of my best friends um, to move to Cincinnati for a new job where I knew new where I knew no one. And I remember getting there and I, it would be a Friday night. 
And it happened a lot, even in my two years living there, where the only thing I had going for me was the local adoration chapel was nearby. And I found myself Friday nights, you know, when I in DC would have been out with friends at a bar or at least at home with all of them by myself with our Lord. And, you know, there was a loneliness and yet I felt very, um, fulfilled in that moment. I felt very sustained. I mean, cause he took care of me. Uh, and that only was possible though, because I understood the necessity for me to be in conversation with him and the fact that he was, you know, the beauty of friendship, if we're talking about that, um, you know, friendship, the, and we'll talk about this more in episode two, but the person to model is Jesus Christ himself. And uh, so to sit with him was the best thing for me um, and is the best thing for us is to learn how to pray and to invite him in. And he'll, he'll be able to, in a very real way, um, fill that loneliness, fill that void in our hearts and, and give us the purpose that we need to, to press forward. But um, anyways, that's, that's part one. So thank you, Shane, for coming on and talking to me. Um, we're going to get to a couple other uh, lessons in part two and uh, just hear a little bit more from Shane. But this is part one of the beauty of friendship. Thanks again, Shane. And thank you to all of our friends at home who are listening.